Hello, Direct Impact Nation. It's your host, Andrea Apteen. And guess what? It's official. Season three is on its way. We are so excited to announce and it's coming up beginning October 23rd. Thank you so much. We are so excited. And during this time, we're going to take a five week break to work on developing and creating amazing new content for our amazing audience. During the five week break, we're going to be re-airing our most popular episodes to include include Rewrite Your Own Story and Become Your Own Hero, Body Betrayal, and more. Thank you so much, and we'll look forward to seeing you October 23rd. Welcome to Direct Impact, where we discuss the various ways our mental health and quality of life intersect. I'm your host, Andrea Epstein, licensed professional counselor, master's addictions counselor, and certified sex therapist. Think of our time together as focused self-reflection mixed with insight, passion, and empowerment. Now, take a deep breath. Now let's dive in and see what impacts you today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Andrea Epteen with the Direct Impact Podcast. So happy to be here with you today. We are going to be talking about shaming internal dialogue. We're going to be talking about that inner critic that I know that we've mentioned in previous episodes, but also just that shaming internal dialogue that runs a little bit on a reel, you know, and we just want to be able to pause that and get curious about it and ask those questions of like, is that true? You know, we had a bonus episode on identifying your truth and speaking your truth. This is part of like stopping that internal dialogue long enough to figure that out. Okay, is this true? Is this what I want to be part of my reality? Would I say this to my worst enemy? much less to this person, this inner child inside of me that is supposed to be my most precious friend. Um, so yeah, we want to we want to talk about this. So some of the ways that I recommend we identify that internal dialogue is just get, getting still, <laughs> getting quiet, um, setting some time aside for it, because that reel is running 24-7, which is why we participate in all these distractions. <laughs> it's why people tend towards workaholism and scrolling <laughs> and participating in mind-numbing behaviors, right, is to avoid sitting still and letting these negative cognitions come into our awareness long enough to question them. Okay. And, you know, there's no shame in this. This has been going on a long time since your little brains developed. You know, these negative cognitions have been swirling around. So first, take a deep breath. Hmm. Give yourself some grace and put on your courage cap. And let's start looking at these things because they are, they're going to breed um, some negative emotion and nobody really likes to sit in that. But it's so important to be able to build new neural networks that breed positivity. Okay, those old networks are overexercised, so it's easy to go down that path. But now we need to exercise and build some new ones so you have a healthy choice to make so that you can choose life giving dialogue that builds you up instead of tearing you down, that makes you feel like you can, that you can be a better version of yourself, that there's meaning and purpose in your existence in this world. 
you know? It's important stuff, people. So some of the words that I ask people to pay close attention to because they are just very shame-based. And usually we start to hear this and model this and even buy into this in, um, in childhood. But if you notice the word should, you know, I really should X, Y, Z. I really should, you know go to that party. (laughs) I mean, it's something so simple and silly sometimes. But every time you hear it, I would love for you to pause and ask yourself this very important question. What does that mean? Should? Should I? Who told me I had to? Where is this coming from? Who told me I should go to that party? Who told me that is the way I needed to spend my time and energy? Who told me that? Where am I getting this? Is this the way I want to live? Is that how I want to show up? Is that actually what I want to do that day? Or am I just going to live my life and should? Because then I'm living my life for somebody else. And sometimes you're living it for people who aren't super healthy to begin with. Okay? Or systems or whatever that are just not healthy to begin with. Okay? So like society plays a role in that too. Like so society said, well, is that how you want to live? Is that life-giving and fulfilling for you? Does that help you meet and achieve your long-term goals? That's the question. So stand back and pause and notice, like, anytime you internally, your brain pops out the word should, stop and be like, well, what is that about? Should I? What does that mean? I, I should. I could. So this is the process of reframing. When you pause and you change that should to could, you are reframing everything because could says you have options. You have a choice. You could go. (laughs) If you really want to go to that party because there's people there you haven't seen a long time and you know that you haven't been um, as social and engaged and connected because of COVID or because of whatever, and you could go, then please go. But understand that that is a choice and all the shoulds can be put aside. Okay, so catch that should reframe it and say, I could go to this party this week and see what (laughs) or how huge it is to have that shift inside of you. It's freeing. It makes you feel like, oh, my gosh, I can live my own life. I am no longer a prisoner to the should. Because remember, should is very shame-based. It is just cultivating nasty shame inside of you, okay? And some of us start to come to believe that that shame is some kind of motivator to keep us on track. It is not. That is a lie. It is a lie. Shame is only going to take you to a place of darkness and death. (laughs) So let's get rid of it. Let's put in could because you have choice and you have agency over your life, okay? So that's one to pay attention to. Um, also catch, and this is kind of in the same vein, it kind of comes from the same place out of childhood and comes out of some of the same negative core beliefs. But when you hear yourself say, I have to, whoa, let's pause. What do you mean you have to? Who puts you in shackles? Who is dragging you through, through the dirt to this place that says you have to? Who's forcing your hand? Ask that question, because remember, we're not going to be prisoners anymore. You're going to have agency over your life. 
All right, so let's reframe that. Have to changes to get to. I don't have to go to work. I get to go to work. (laughs) I get to go to work today. And that is exciting. And that is life giving. And I'm doing something I'm participating something it's a good way to spend my energy and time and it gives me meaning and value. Right? So I don't have to, I get to, you can also change it to I choose to. So I hear all the time, um, I had to go um, bail someone out of jail or something. You know, it's, it's a, a mini crisis for that individual. So I'm sure it felt like they had to. I'm sure it felt like survival. It felt like they were forced. But in reality, it's not I have to go bail my daughter out of jail. It's I choose to bail my daughter out of jail. And there better be a good reason behind it, Right because it is a choice and there are options and it gives you an opportunity to really pause and think about what role you are deciding to play right now. Do you want to play the role of the enabler and go rescue too soon? (laughs) Say yes at the wrong time? Or do you want to allow consequences to be a teacher and maybe you choose not to go? But if you don't recognize that dialogue, those words turn into behaviors really quick. So we want to be able to pause and say, do I have to or am I choosing to? And if I'm choosing to, what is motivating this choice really? Okay, so this builds awareness. Yeah, it's uncomfortable, uncomfortable stuff, but so important. So another thing is when people say I can't. Um, Another time that I would pause and question, well, is it I can't or is it that I'm not willing to right now? or this would not be a good decision at this juncture. You know, let's just take the can't word out of the equation because there are very few things, now sometimes it's appropriate, but there are a few instances where in just normal conversation throughout the day that can't is actually rooted in reality. You can, it just might not be a priority. (laughs) And that's okay to say, that's part of speaking your truth. That just isn't a priority for me right now. So circle back to me later. It's not that I can't do it. It's I choose not to do it. And that is okay. It's absolutely okay. But when you start speaking your truth and living in integrity, I mean, it is such, at first it's scary, but it becomes such an empowering, amazing thing. And it is so life-giving. I also want y'all to pay attention to over-apologizing or saying I'm sorry um, at inappropriate times. So, or saying I'm sorry before you you even know what you're sorry for. (laughs) Um, So that's rooted in some toxic negative core beliefs um, that you'd want to work out in therapy. But this is a great way to catch it and notice it and get curious about it. And so change I'm sorry to I apologize, but then get very um, interested in what exactly you're apologizing for and is it your place? Is it really your responsibility? Because some people who over apologize, they have a negative core belief that they're responsible for everything. And that's not a healthy way to live. It's definitely not a way that you'll ever be able to thrive. It's a way that you start feeling like you're constantly, you know, weighted down. You got the weight of the world on your shoulders and you're beating your head against a wall. So I invite you to step out of that pattern. And the first way to do it is by recognizing that need to be over responsible and apologize for everything, even though 
it had nothing to do with you most of the time, and it is not your responsibility to apologize for. The other thing that I just like to say, as I think it's fun, and I hear it in early recovery from many, many people, is I hear a lot of ifs, and I hear a lot of buts. <laughs> and my favorite saying is, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we would all have a Merry Christmas. <laughs> so let's really sit with the ifs. Let's sit with the buts. Because oftentimes, everything that you might have said that was really good and maybe healthy, um, once you say but, <laughs> and then you lead into something else, you have really shifted the way that that person is going to perceive and take in the information that you're providing. So, you know, maybe you're you know, working with your child or your loved one or your spouse or your coworker, and you say, you know, you really did a good job, but do you think they heard you really did a good job at all after you said, but no, they're only going to pay attention to the negative that comes after that. So be very, very mindful of what you want to communicate and you know pay attention to it in your internal dialogue as well are you saying you know i did a really good job but and then you kind of just erase all of the positive that you just offered yourself you know i talk on this podcast about giving yourself grace you know practicing you know consistent grace and forgiveness with self how are you doing that if you're saying you know what it's okay, you did your best, but next time you really need to, blah, blah, blah. You know, your brain is absorbing things the same way that, you know, somebody else would hear it, which is, it's really just all negative, you know? So be very mindful of the ifs and the buts. Sometimes ifs and buts can be rooted in regret and um, sometimes even resentments, but it's very important to pay attention and get curious about those. Um, that's something you can do. It's kind of hard to participate in that kind of deep level work in real time when you're amongst others. But when you're journaling in the evening, when you are paying attention to this shame internal, shame-based internal dialogue, ask yourself, you know, like, where is this coming from? Is this regret? You know, am I grieving dreams? Am I, am I, am I grieving some dreams that have passed me by? Um, am I angry about something or someone or something that didn't happen for me? But it is, it's important to get curious if you notice this coming up often. Okay. The other thing that goes along with, um, you know, early recovery and sometimes denial and things like that is people will say, I want to, I want to stop smoking. I want to stop looking at pornography. I want, I want, I want. And I believe that. I believe that in the deepest part of their being, that is exactly what they want. But want to and willing to are very, very different things. So when you hear yourself say, you know, I want to take a vacation. Are you willing to stop? Are you willing to save? Are you willing to implement? Are you willing to invest that time to make that happen for you? These things are so important. Recovery, rejuvenation, restoration, all these things are so important. But can you take yourself from a want to to a willing to? You know, oftentimes these things that you want, they are so achievable. But moving yourself from want to to willing to 
is the most important part and the most challenging part. But if you can just start by paying attention to that internal dialogue, I think it's just a great place to start. Because remember, someday is not a day in the week. (laughs) Okay, so someday I'll go to Europe or someday I'll ask my boss for a raise or someday, you know, someday's not a day in the week. All right. So we have to pay attention to that dialogue. And so I've gone over like some reframing, like how do you catch should and turn it to could. Um, The other one that I, I didn't mention and I really want to bring up is this is sometimes it's um, internal and you're saying I need to, which is kind of a liken to should sometimes depending on how you're framing it. Um, But pay attention to that, too. And then also, please understand that when you're receiving that word need from other people, that's another really good time to pause. Because when somebody tells you, you just need to X, Y, and Z. So if you're, you know, paying attention to body and nutrition and movement and you know, doing that work and somebody says, well, you just need to go for a, a walk every day. You know, <laughs> stop and pay attention and understand that what's happening is they're not suggesting really at all what you need. They're suggesting what they need you to do. <laughs> um, so anytime someone says you just need to, and it's almost like that you can see that finger pointing at you, you can see that Um, I ask myself why they might need me to do that (laughs) or why maybe they need to do that for themselves because sometimes it's just projection. So when they're pointing at you, remember there's, you know, four fingers coming back at them. So please take that with a grain of salt. You know, if you have someone in your life who is consistently telling you what you need to do, please take inventory of that and understand that that's most of the time not about you at all. That's about their needs and their desires and not yours. So be mindful of how the word need is used internally, but also how it's experienced when it comes towards you. Okay. Um, And so now let's just shift to some positive (laughs) self-talk. It's so important to first reframe and then to input something life-giving, something truthful, something honest, something positive. You know, so please do sit and acknowledge what are some virtues and um, some traits of your personality that are really amazing. Um, Not just that you love it about yourself or that other people love it about you, but it's just who you are. You know, sit with that. Like, are you loyal? Are you passionate? Are you um, energetic? You know, do you tend to think the best of people? Are you trusting? (laughs) Are you, you know, all of these things, like, please pay close attention to that. Because those are the things that we want to insert because they are true. Okay. Now, I caution people sometimes against mantras, um, unless you spend enough time and understanding what mantra is going to be best suited for you, who you are, your personality and your needs and your goals, okay? But just grabbing a mantra from somebody else that someone suggests um, is probably not going to be very effective um, in the long in the long term. So you can spend time with your negative core beliefs and you can develop your own mantras. And I do believe that that has a significant impact because you're doing that internal 
work that is all about you and how you show up for yourself. But just taking someone else's mantra, you know, it just kind of like bounces off. It's not going to be like as deeply effective. So, you know, just be cautious about that. But sometimes you can, you can practice a, a mantra that is for you. So, um, if you are one of those people that I mentioned earlier that just like over apologizes, maybe your mantra is, you know, I'm not sorry, I'm amazing. <laughs> you know, so something like that, just catching like, like, you know, I'm, I'm not sorry. I'm just amazing. And just remind yourself of your intentions, you know, like if something goes wrong, or somebody's upset with you, just go back to, you know, well, what was I, you know, grounded in? What was my intention? What were my motivations? Because guys, most of the time, they're really pure. And there's nothing you need to apologize for. You know, your intentions and your desires, most of them are going to be very pure when you unpack it in a healthy way. So why positive (laughs) self-talk? It's because what I said earlier, you know, you need (laughs) which means I need you to, (laughs) right? So I need you to build some healthy neural networks that go more towards the positive. The whole process of recovery, right, is to build new neural networks that are life-giving and allow you to thrive in this world, okay? So, you know, we all need that. And I want that. And I desire that for you, for your life to have options, to be able to pause, to be able to be still, to have agency over your decisions and to choose life and choose it abundantly. All right. So again, as always, thanks for showing up. And if you liked this episode, share it. Go ahead. After this, scroll down the show notes, like our affiliates, and and share this content with somebody that needs it. Um, It allows us to stay on the air. It allows us to continue to um, pour into our community. So it really means a lot to us when we get positive reviews and shares. So again, thank you. See you next week. Bye-bye. Does anyone else feel like they just earned an extra brain wrinkle? Do you feel like that went by way too fast and just cannot wait till the next episode? Then leave a review and share this episode with a friend, a loved one, a coworker, or whomever because your valued feedback makes a direct impact. Thank you for dropping in. Snaps to you because you have made a direct impact by listening to this podcast. Make sure to follow us on social media and stay tuned every week for a new episode of Direct Impact with Andrea Epstein.